Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. Today we have another one of those scripture passages that begins with the word then. So if we back up just a few verses, we discover the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River by John. And as Jesus came up from the water, the heavens were open and the Spirit of God descended like a dove and alighted on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved with whom I am well pleased. Jesus has been baptized by the Holy Spirit. God has named and claimed Jesus as God's own, the beloved Son. Now I invite you to listen as the story continues in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness, to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's been a number of years now, but years ago I participated in several 30-hour famines as a way of raising money for people who are truly hungry. During the 30 hours, we could drink as much water and fruit juice as we wanted, so we still had an intake of calories, but we had no substance sitting in our stomachs. I must admit it was amazing to watch my regression from start to finish. By the end of the 30 hours, I was not myself. I was tired and cranky. I couldn't think straight, 
and my patience was very thin, if there at all. So I think about Jesus, who's just been affirmed by God at his baptism. Jesus heard those words from the heavens, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And then he is whisked away by the Spirit and led into the wilderness for the purpose of being tempted by the devil. And there he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus, who we believe to be fully human and fully God, must have known the plan. But in human form, the Trinitarian God needed to be sure they were ready. In human form, did Jesus have what he needed to show the rest of humanity the way to the cross? Was Jesus ready to identify with the pain of the world? Was Jesus ready to let go and surrender to show the way by serving others? Was Jesus ready to embrace the divine agenda? Or would he fall prey to human nature and choose his own health, wealth, success, and power over the way to the cross? This was a test. After successfully being named God's beloved, this was the ultimate test. For Jesus, this was his GRE, the bar exam, the Mensa test, the MCAT, the SAT. This was the biblical exegesis exam of all biblical exegesis exams, the theology exam, and the worship exam. Was Jesus prepared? According to the World Scholarship Vault, the most effective strategies for some of these hardest exams in the U.S. include allowing yourself sufficient time to study, utilizing flow diagrams and charts, examining old tests, and creating study groups with your peers. None of this was available to Jesus. There in the wilderness, where Jesus had been led by the Spirit of God, the test would take place. Jesus prepared for the day of the test after having fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Almost 15 years ago, Adam Young posted a video on YouTube that he created using a series of 40 black and white drawings by a British illustrator named Simon Smith. Young paired the illustrations with a song by Explosions in the Sky, and the resulting video is titled 40, a video of Jesus in the wilderness. The video begins with a slide that says, for my 30th birthday, I gave myself some time away from it all. We do believe that Jesus' public ministry began around the time he was 30. And so the video shows Jesus taking a break. The drawings begin with a young, strong Jesus in a carpenter shop putting his tools away. He walks through town and out into the wilderness, a dry and deserted area. 
By slide number five, Jesus is alone in the wilderness and kneels down in prayer. Then his hand goes to his forehead. It is windy, and he begins to look tired and weary. Jesus climbs rocks, watches the sunset, sleeps on a rock. Then he is sitting in a cave, looking quite tired. Again, he prays as the wind blows around him. Jesus is seen watching a family of foxes. He goes bowling with rocks and chases Jesus seems to be making the most of his time out in the wilderness. But then he walks by the skull of an animal in the barren land. He gazes at a, at a vulture in the tree, gazes at the bright moon in the night sky. Jesus sits inside a cave while it rains, and then we see him scooping some water to drink from a small trickle. He gazes at a small flower that's popped out of the dry ground, a sign of life. A bird perches on his finger. Jesus is shown counting the days as he uses a sharp stone to make one more tick mark on a rock. Then a glint of red shows up on an apple hanging in a tree. Jesus' clothes get caught in some thorny bushes, and he looks very worn down. And very tired. Five vultures circle overhead. Then a red snake slithers by an exhausted Jesus who falls to his knees. And then he is down on his hands and knees, famished. He sees a cave, falls asleep in the cave. Two golden angels visit as he sleeps. A red figure in the form of a man approaches. The red figure tempts Jesus as if to say, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Throw yourself down so the angels may bear you up. And I will give you all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus appears angry and shouts at the tempter who then runs away. Jesus collapses on the ground, but he passed the test. Two angels pick Jesus up and carry him back to town, where his modeling of the way to the cross will begin in the public eye. Instead of waking up early on exam day and having a nutritious breakfast full of protein, Jesus began the test in a famished state. I think he must have been starving and ravenous in a state of deep want and need. And that's when the tempter comes and tries three times to make him prove that he is the Son of God. And three times, Jesus does not give in. Who is this Jesus? And who is this tempter? Douglas John Hall, an emeritus professor of theology, says the devil has a one-track mind. The three temptations here are variations on the same basic theme. Go for power. Jesus is tested to attempt the miraculous, to spectacle, to gain political power, and yet Jesus turns down every offer. 
We all know the pull of the quest for power, Hall says. What could be more human? Who is this Jesus in human form that does not go for power as the devil would have him do? Who is this Jesus who will soon be called a teacher and a healer, the one whose time in the wilderness has come to an end? This is God's Son, the Beloved, the one who, in the words of Richard Rohr, is a God who is going to the mat with humanity. Jesus shows us the way to life by surrendering to God and God's will. Jesus doesn't deny the way to the cross, nor does he avoid it, soften it, or make it into a theory as we have so often done. This Jesus is God, and he passes the test. Face to face with the devil, Jesus chooses to be faithful to the realm of God over the way of the devil every time. After each suggestion by the devil, Jesus responds by quoting from Deuteronomy, showing his wisdom and understanding of the Hebrew scriptures, the very ones he's grown up learning in the temple and at the feet of his parents. And Jesus understands the larger Deuteronomic worldview where the community learns from the Babylonian exile to worship the living God and practice the way of justice. And Jesus won't allow the tempter to twist scripture for his own desires. Instead, Jesus confronts the tempter and stays faithful to God's way, a way that is more expansive, one that seeks justice and sides with the powerless. Jesus doesn't take the bait, and in standing up to the devil, his ministry has already begun. Jesus is showing us the way. Friends, this Lent we are on a journey of seeking, seeking encounters with God, seeking a deeper, more meaningful relationship with God, maybe seeking to know more of ourselves, seeking to be real and curious and open, seeking to hear God's voice. We are seeking to know more of Jesus and his way to the cross. Reverend Danielle Schroyer highlights that Jesus teaches us what we all need to know on this journey, saying when Jesus refuses to turn bread into stone, it's because he knows his gifts and abilities are in service to something far greater than hunger. When he refuses to test God, it's because he already trusts God. And when he refuses the kind of loyalty that leads to worldly authority, it's because he knows power is meant for connection and not domination. And, Schroyer says, Jesus knows all of this because he's been listening. Day after day in the wilderness, maybe with the foxes and birds and rocks and snakes, Jesus stays close to the very one who led him there. 
day after day in the wilderness, I imagine Jesus' time begins to reflect our own daily lives, a mix of joy and struggle, some days where the light shines bright, and others where the darkness is looming. Days that are overcome by exhaustion and pain. Days when we just want it all to end and start afresh tomorrow. And days that give way to hope and love. In the wilderness for 40 days and nights, Jesus stays close to God and leans on the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus refuses allegiance to any person or thing other than the living God. If we are to be like Jesus, Schroer says, we also must begin by first listening to the voice of God at our center. In these chaotic and often messy days in real life, who will we listen to? How will we find the voice of God at our center? This season of Lent, I hope to offer a variety of spiritual practices for you to consider as you seek a deeper relationship with God. This week, we are seeking the voice of God and striving to listen to that voice above all others. So I want to invite you to consider the practice called the examine, which was first proposed by St. Ignatius of Loyola over 400 years ago. The examine is a technique of prayerful reflection on the events of the day in order to detect God's presence and discern God's direction for us. The practice is often done at the end of the day, beginning with an internal look back at the events of your day. From the moment you woke up, consider what happened, each movement, each thought, each interaction and moment and small thing. Review your day with gratitude and consider the day's gifts. For what moment are you most grateful? In what moment were you closest to God? And as you review your day, you're encouraged to also pay attention to your emotions. One of St. Ignatius's great insights was that we detect the presence of the Spirit of God in the movements of our emotions. In a state of listening, you may be open to God showing you the ways you fell short. For what moment are you least grateful? In what moment did you feel most disconnected from God? Listen for God's voice. Allow prayer to arise spontaneously from your heart. In whatever wilderness you may find yourself this Lent, I pray you may find God there. May you know God created you, named you and claimed you, and in life and in death, you belong to God. 
as you continue on this journey of seeking. Hear these words of blessing from Jan Richardson. If you would enter into the wilderness, do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are. Beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you. I cannot promise this blessing will free you from danger, from fear, from hunger or thirst, from the scorching of the sun or the fall of the night. But I can tell you that on this path, there will be help. I can tell you that on this way, there will be rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us bearing comfort and strength, that come alongside us for no other cause than to lean themselves toward our ear and with their curious insistence whisper our name. Beloved, beloved, Beloved. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen.